Hey everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product teams, brought to you by samelogic.com. Today we speak with Tracy Dye, who is a senior product designer at LinkedIn. Hey Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi Dwayne. So I'm really interested um, in learning more about you and your background. Um, so, mm-hmm. so tell me about your background. How did Tracy get into user experience design? Yeah, I actually don't have a typical path of getting into UX design as a lot of people who went through like HCI programs, computer science or design background. I actually never thought of become a designer as I grow up. I wanted to be a journalist when I was a kid. So for the first two years of my college, I went to journalism school um, in China. And after two years of study journalism, I found I got, I want to study something that is broader. So I did a transfer from my previous university in Shanghai to uh, University of Michigan to study communication studies and art history. So from there, I got really interested. Yeah, art history. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really interested in the like the humanity, uh, humanitarian side of things. Um, and mm. art history kind of provide that scope to look into the history of how people create art. That's just something I uh, really interested in. Mm. Yeah. And from there, I uh, got really interested uh, with the marketing courses I had in my undergrad. So I got into uh, Northwestern to study uh, a program called Integrated Marketing Communications. So the the course was very uh, interdisciplinary. Um, we have courses that focuses on qualitative research, like consumer insights, as well as stats, those quantitative aspect of things. And we also got chances to go to other different departments like design and uh, business school to get some different type of courses. And it's actually in one of my consumer insight course that opened the door for me to UX design. My instructor back then, she was a uh, UX researcher at Dropbox and she described how, yeah, what UX is about. I've never heard of the term until then. And um, she described that how UX research is impacting product roadmap, how she conducted a lot of research uh, globally to inform the product strategy. So that got me really interested um, so I looked into uh, UX design and I took a course in uh, General Assembly to get a sense of the design thinking process and lay the foundation of the product design. And then interestingly enough, I got my first job at a company called Marketo, which oh, is yeah. a marketing automation software company. Um, so it's a good combination of mar- my marketing background and my interest in product design. Oh, nice. Uh, really interesting background. I kind of want to um, dig into this a bit, um, especially mm-hmm. where your uh, art history is concerned. Um, how does your does your love for art translate to the love of what you do in product design? Yeah, I think growing up, I always get um, like attracted by like nice looking things. Um, I like things that that is colorful, that is well lined, that is just like something that is in me that is in my nature. And in my like journalism years, I also learned a lot of like photography skills. That's something that I really love doing outside of my daily job that I love getting inspirations from nature, getting inspirations from the history of human art. And I think going into product design kind of is a way to channel my passion of design, making things useful, beautiful, feels like 
something that I am really have a strong connection with. Mm. And also your background in studying journalism, uh, how, how did that help in kind of, mm. I would say, like investigating what needs to be done, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I think my study in journalism is really helpful today, uh, even for today. Um, a lot of like interview skills, how to yeah. write good interview questions, how to dig deeper into certain things that a user says about uh, a certain thing and how their like facial expression says a lot about their emotions. Um, I think those like investigative reporting skills, interviewing skills really play a really important role in my job today to equip me with good research skills as a designer. Oh, nice. So so pretty much um, with, with all that put together, um, talk about your role to um, going to LinkedIn and uh, being a senior design um, designer mm. at LinkedIn. Like what's, uh, what, what did that journey look like and what does it look like today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think interestingly enough, right now I'm also working in the marketing space. Um, I am working in the LinkedIn marketing solutions team. So mm -hmm. it, it really calls back to my previous like experience in marketing, uh, MarTech, the intersection of MarTech and product design is something I'm really passionate about. And I think in terms of being a senior product designer at LinkedIn, uh, there are a couple of things that really connect with me. One is growth. So previously, I was mostly working in uh, B2B uh, SaaS software design. And right now, the interesting intersection of B2B and B2C, because a lot of things we design will affect how it looks like on the feed on the members uh, side of things. So the connection between B2B and B2C is something that I need to learn uh, myself to to grow into more like experimented driven kind of method. And culture wise, I'm really glad that LinkedIn is very design driven. We are very user focused. Right now we are applying um, jobs to be done framework into a lot of things we do. So, and design is leading a lot of those thinkings with product and engineering. And in terms of like the value, the reason that I joined LinkedIn, a big reason is that I really resonate with the concept of advocating for accessibility and equitable design. I think over the past many, many years, um, we focus too much on like technology in general focus too much on the growth and that really marginalized a lot of people. And I think the emphasis on creating equitable design really aligned with my personal value. That's something I love about LinkedIn that is advocating for such value. Yeah. And lastly, I think the collaboration is really great. Design, the design team works very, very closely with um, product managers and engineers. Like I joined LinkedIn about just two months ago and uh, we have done like two workshops already on the projects we're working on cross-functionally, globally across multiple different time zones. So that is pretty amazing. Nice. Yeah. So my question uh, was going to be about uh, accessibility design at LinkedIn. I've, I've heard so many people talk about LinkedIn's focus on accessibility design and just making sure things mm -hmm. are can be used by, by any and everyone. Yeah. How does that differ or what does what, what makes it so different for LinkedIn that they're the I would say the company, I would say from my perspective, kind of leading this kind of design? How, mm -hmm. how, how, how does it make them different in the industry and like what different things uh, do the teams at LinkedIn do to ensure that this happens? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think the the reason that LinkedIn is such a strong advocate uh, for equitable design is that we have a large impact, a large reach um, mm. globally. So we really want our experience to be accessible for anyone, regardless of their ability. And how we ensure people uh, on a team to be the advocate for equitable design is there are a few things. Um, there, first of all, there are a lot of trainings. Um, mm-hmm. When designers got on board, there is uh, mandatory trainings about accessibility, like what accessibility is about, um, what are the principles, and what are the ways that you can make um, your design more accessible to others. And uh, the second aspect that there are, we have like weekly design all hands. And during the weekly design all hands, we always like talk about like dis- uh, accessibility tips. We there is a team that specifically works on accessibility that will uh, train the rest of the design organization about those tips to make sure that uh, when we are working on the design files, we have those um, checklists of things to look into when hand off the design to engineer. Um, I think and. Lastly, we also have our internal like tools team on our design system team that develops such like expectation, like uh, plugins in Figma to really ensure that we have the right tool to write out the specs that is accessible to our engineers. Awesome. So what are some of the ways that um, you conduct experience for the general audience to know what things to hand off to the, 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 the design, the, um, the, the engineering team? And how do you use your uh, experience in um, journalism as well to make sure that you're getting the right um, uh, information back from your users in order to know exactly what to design and ultimately what to build? Mm. Yeah, we do a lot of research. Um, we do research at different types of research at different stage of the whole product development cycle. So in the beginning, um, it's uh, a lot of generative research as well as like market research because uh, we need to know like what it exactly is the jobs to be done for the type of user um, we're designing for. And we'll prioritize those jobs to be done so that we know what is the problem we're solving for users instead of like coming up from uh, like a business problem or sometimes we have to like solve a technical issue. Like user don't care about that. They need to, they hire the tool to get their jobs done. That's their goal of using our product. So that is the beginning of the product development cycle. We do a lot of generative research. And um, as we, as designers, explore different design options, design variations. We sometimes, depending on what the research question is, we sometimes do like uh, one-on-one interviews to gather qualitative and in-depth feedback from users. And if it's like um, testing different variations, like copy, color, those types of smaller things, um, we'll do uh, large-scale like experiments um, Mm -hmm. to see which one drives the better results. And then we also do like uh, a very controlled environment where we do like alpha, beta, um, together feedback at each stage before we go uh, GA for a specific uh, feature. Got it. Uh, so so in, in terms of that, like what are some of the lessons that you've um, kind of learned uh, over the years that have uh, made you become like a better designer? Mm, I think first one is gather feedback, gather as much feedback as possible. I think there is no limit of getting feedback. The more the merrier, but... Uh, sometimes you can get really overwhelmed by uh, different types of feedback coming from different uh, 
like business department, different angles. Um, but me as a designer, it's my job to understand, to analyze, to differentiate the aspect from different people and make judgment call on my design decision. But I think the more feedback you got, the more perspective you got. I think really be humble about those feedback is is really important. And secondly, I think that really helped with my growth is be intentional about what growth area um, you want to invest your time in because time is really uh, limited for everyone. In early stage of my career, I want to like learn coding. I want to learn product management. I want to learn like a million different things. But it's about like where you want to go, for example, in five years um, that you really need to like plan your growth accordingly. So uh, that's something I learned uh, also from uh, a few previous mentors of mine um, that they pointed out certain growth area and I tried different things and I decide where I want to go uh, for my own career path. So we're kind of winding down here. I have like two uh, remaining questions. And mm-hmm. that, the, the first one is, um, I'd love to understand some of the most uh, difficult things that you do on a daily basis. And how do you um, uh, set up uh, uh, systems in place to deal with those difficulties um, mm-hmm. in order to have a successful day? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think in the remote and or hybrid or working from home environment, the most difficult thing for me is how to like find deep focus time um, in between meetings without being distracted by a million things going on in the household. A few things that I, that I have established that really helped me is, uh, first of all, I have my large headphones um, when I need to have like deep uh, working time. Um, sometimes I just like put it on. Um, I don't have to play anything um, like this. Just one action will help you to get into a mode of uh, focus. Sometimes it's a dedicated space. Sometimes it's a certain action for certain people. For me, it's like putting my headphone on and sometimes I'll put background noise. Um, I love working in a cafe, but it's uh, not always very possible. So I always put my headphone and play some uh, white background noise, either like cafe or uh, some deep focus music without any lyrics. And I also like... Uh, sometimes I'll set, if I have uh, one hour time, I'll set my Slack status to be like focus time and mute the notification for an hour and two so that I can get things done. And lastly, just put up a to-do list that always is visible to you. I think I use a, I use the Momentum plugin on Chrome. Um, I recently switched to uh, Notion to manage my to-do list, but like have something visible to you and uh, plan your day with like two, three things that you really want to get done um, at the end of the day is really helpful. Got it. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so my last question, I think, would actually dovetail into that a bit. Um, but it's about um, uh, your weakness and uh, what's, what, what's one weakness that you've, you've turned into your strength. So, so yeah. So, yeah. What's one weakness that you've turned into your strength and use that as your advantage right now? Yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting question. Um, so, I think one weakness that I that I like took advantage in is I'm not a native speaker. I am originally from Shanghai, China. So, English is not my mother tongue. So, when I first came to US, I like study those humanity uh, classes that is sometimes harder to understand as a non-native speaker. And when I first get into a work environment in a professional field, um, a lot of like acronyms, things just don't make 
perfect sense to me. So um, I use that to my advantage that I will be not afraid of asking questions like, mm. um, hey, tell me more about this. Um, it, I don't know what, what this word means. Uh, explain it to me. And oftentimes it will solicit more information than the how it's previously stated. So I can get more information out of like one question I have about a certain word or a certain phrase or a certain like idiom or anything. So I think that's something I've been using as uh, my uh, my strength. Oh, wow. I, I could not tell. Uh, like, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so that's a really, really great one. Um, so Tracy, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. And um, mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to sharing your story with our audience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. Take care.